CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hello and welcome to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear, and we are live. Shelby. We are live from snowy northwest Tucson. As we record this broadcast, the apocalypse is apparently happening on March 1st, 2023, because when... it is snowing more than I've ever seen in the valley in my whole many years of being a Tucson native born and raised. And that's like how many years, Shelby? That's why I didn't say the years. Oh. After this podcast, I will go outside in the nude and do the polar bear challenge. So I'll record it. Anyway, stay tuned. Um, we also just saw Penn and Teller. We saw Penn and Teller tonight. We had a good night. We had, we had a good a night. Really good night. Very romantic and fun. Oh, and yeah. we sat in the love seats at the Fox Theater. A lot of love going on. And uh, we really, really recommend seeing Penn and Teller if you ever get a chance in Vegas while they're still there or when they're on tour. I've wanted to see them. Four years and years and years and years. But once again, Jason locks up the Husband of the Year award and gets Shelby tickets. He did. He bought him like back in the fall, actually. I killed a man. <laughs> with your bare hands? Yeah, I okay. killed a man with my bare hands nice. for these tickets. Anyway, That's why it was they were under a different very name. nice. And the trip home from downtown Tucson to get home was very scary. We all know Tucson drivers aren't very good, but when you mix that with rain, sleet, and snow and wind... Um, it was pretty scary. It was pretty. I, I said, you know what? I'm a really good driver. I'm going to get off the freeway and let these other people kill themselves. Yeah. So if, if anyone is, was driving around in it, by the time you hear this podcast, hopefully you got home safe. <laughs> well, Shelby, I don't think they're listening if they didn't. Scary. If they didn't get home safe. Well, they could have been in like a, a little right. fender bender or something. I and they, I mean, if I'm in the hospital, this is what I want to hear. The Wildcat. Yeah. You should be listening to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. Right. There's no reason. Anyway, there's no life support like our voice. The reason you know? we're actually doing the podcast, not oh, just to talk yeah. about our awesome man, it's really coming down right trip now. Trip to the Fox Theater to see Penn and Teller is that Arizona men's basketball will be playing USC on La, Thursday. La Trojans. The Trojans. Les Trojans. In the final road trip and season finale of the regular season. Oh, thank it's God. It's very exciting. Yes. So we're here to talk about that game. And if you hear uh, crumbling in the background, our dog waited. We've been gone for six hours. And so she said, you know what? I think I'm going to eat now, right now. Yeah. She waited for mommy and daddy to get home. Yeah. So we can hear the crunching. I wonder if you can hear the crunching. We'll, we'll find out. Anyway. Um, how big of a game is this for Arizona? Uh, it is a relatively big game, in my opinion. I actually think you can make an argument that it's bigger than the UCLA game. Now, analytically, people need to realize, and I know everyone loves the net and all this, there is no situation where Arizona has a bad loss, analytically speaking. Analytically speaking. Not you, Kevin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is no way that these losses are a bad loss. USC and UCLA are very easily quad one games. They're both in the tournament, I would assume, unless, I mean, I don't know. 
I think all the teams in the Big Ten are in the tournament now, so you never well, know. That's so convenient. Um, but Ooh. it, it <laughs> Shelby's watching Utah State UNLV, and a guy this just guy ate just it. literally slipped. Um, Shelby and I went to UNLV once and had a lot of fun. Got drunk and screamed when Arizona went there and whooped the shit out. Arizona of almost at one point almost lost, and everyone was screaming at us. And then Arizona turned it around and won, and we just lost our minds. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what I was saying, we're Shelby, really good fans. Before you interrupted me. Uh, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty big game for seeding. You never know what'll happen if Arizona went out and lost two. I think if Arizona wins one game um, and splits in some way, shape, or form, it is a lock for a three seed. I, I have a hard time looking at the bracket and seeing Arizona splitting and dropping down to a four seed. I don't put much weight into the conference tournaments. I don't think the committee really does either. I think if Arizona gets a split, it's pretty locked into the three. If it gets a sweep... Um, you never know. I mean, things get interesting in a good way. But, you know, it, and it's a big, you know, it, it, Tommy Lloyd said he doesn't really believe in momentum head into the postseason. But clearly you don't want to be in a situation where you lose your last three games of the regular season, um, you know, or, or lose two games in a row. And again, I don't believe that regular season results when you're, you know, the way you I actually agree with Tommy Lloyd. I don't think momentum is that big of a thing. I think you can get momentum in your conference tournament. I think you can get momentum in your first round game. I just, I don't believe it's that big of a thing, but um, you know, when it comes to resumes and all that, anytime you can add a big road win, you know, beating USC on paper would be a very big road win. It would be something that would be used when they're seeding and bracketing and all that. They would say, okay, Arizona swept USC, beat them at their place. So that's a big deal. So um, is it a big deal in the whole grand scheme of things? Probably not. Is it a big deal for where we are at this point in the season? Yes. Okay. Does that make sense? It's super clear. I'm very sensical. Clear as snow that's you've falling always, outside. You've always told me the thing that you find sexiest about me is how sensical I am. Sensical. I just made that word up. By the way, Shelby, Jalen Brunson had 39 points tonight, and the Knicks scored 142 points and won. Wow. That, that is out. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of amazing... How much pressure is on Azulos Tabellis against USC? I thought that was going to be a segue into me. Because really, speaking of amazing, that's what you are. Uh, let's be honest. There's a, there's a ton of pressure, right? Under pressure. Like, he, he wasn't playing well. He played well offensively against ASU. Then he gets benched offense-defense. And then Tommy Lloyd basically calls him out for, what, like the first time ever? And says his, his defense was not good enough. And... Um, Tommy Lloyd told me I asked how Zoo handled it, and Tommy said, I think if you asked Zoo, he would have said the same thing, that his his defense was not good enough. So he's been challenged. We're in March, and deserved or not, he has a bad rep because of what happened in the NCAA tournament last year in March. And so everyone's going to start saying in March, <laughs> if he plays poorly, oh, no, Houston, TCU, this is that all over again, and all that. He needs to be able to shed that in order to help his legacy and, and really help this team win. USC is a very good two-point defensive team. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Azulis um, to play well in, in this game. And the first game, Arizona won 81-66. to Azulis was great. 15 points, 13 rebounds, um, shot well, was efficient from the field, was, was played really well, right? And, and so um, the matchups are there for him. You know, it's not going to be easy. USC, like I said, is a good defensive team. Um, But it's a situation where the more 
the more he plays poorly, the more games he has where he's playing poorly, the more pressure that he's building on himself. And he could, even by having one game, really calm down that pressure and calm down that um, narrative that's starting to form. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay. Uh, the Trojans are playing really well lately. What has gone right for them? Yeah, so USC has been playing well lately. Now, it comes with a bit of a caveat because they haven't played a ton of good teams. Um, you know, they after their loss to Arizona, which they're blown out, they beat ASU. They return home and beat UCLA. They at home beat Washington State and Washington. Uh, they went on the road, lost to Oregon State, who's awful. But then they came back home beat Cal and Stanford, and then this past week they played really well against Colorado and Utah, but that road trip isn't necessarily what it was earlier in the season. Utah was missing both guards. Um, Colorado is, you don't really know what to predict, but either way, USC is playing well. Uh, the biggest thing for USC is, I, I think people need to realize, and don't it doesn't really get talked about enough, USC's probably, in terms of individual talent, is uh is underrated like they have some really talented guys boogie ellis is a talented guy drew peterson is a talented guy joshua morgan does his job well reese dixon waters off the bench his talent uh vincent iwachuku to me is a future nba player trey white talented freshman kobe johnson one of the best defenders in the conference um defensively again like i said they they basically they're willing to give the three points a, a bit in order to defend the two. They are second in the nation in two-point percentage in defense. They're, they allow teams to shoot 42.3%. By the way, speaking of that, sidebar, USC second in the nation. ASU is fifth in the nation. Utah is 12th in the nation. Okay, so right there, by the way, in Arizona's 30th. So you have three, there's a three, I'm really good at math. Three teams uh, in the top 12 in the Pac-12 in two-point defense. And Arizona is facing um, the like two of the best teams. You know, Arizona's facing Utah, who's number two, and ASU, who's number five. I know what you're wondering. UCLA, believe it or not, is 52nd what? in the nation. They're... I'm sorry. UCLA is the best at everything. Oh, uh, don't. We're not doing this. I'll get yelled at. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, they're obviously UCLA is really good defensively, but I was just kind of saying, you know, I'm sure people are going to wonder, but USC is a very good two point defensive team. They're eighth in the country and effective field goal percentage teams only shoot 44.9. Um, but they, they, they do have some weaknesses. Uh, they don't force a lot of turnovers. They are not a good rebounding team. They are 322nd in defensive rebounding. They're 191st in offensive rebounding. They don't go to the line very much. They don't shoot threes very well. Um, you know, they they are not a good, knock on wood, three-point shooting team, and they don't really shoot from there. They're 310th in the nation in three-point attempts. Uh, only 26% of their points come from the three-point line, almost as many as free throws. So um, they're not a great offensive team, and, and you'll see they have struggles. Like when they lost that game to Oregon State, they only scored 58 points. When they lost to Oregon, they only scored 60 points. They beat Utah, but they only scored 62 points in that win. 
Um, 62 points against Arizona isn't going to be enough. Like some of their wins, it's very low scoring. Their losses when the defense kind of falters. Arizona's 81 points are the most that USC has allowed this season. Um, Washington State also scored 81 points. So USC is just kind of playing better. Um, their guy, they're starting to kind of round into form. Um, you know, they're they're a good team, and, and really, I, I think that's just it. Is they're healthy, they're kind of rounding into form, and, and their bread and butter is always going to be the defensive side of the ball. Okay, so what matchup are you looking forward to the mostest? So USC, because they're not that great offensively, they need two guys to play well on offense. And that's Boogie Ellis and Drew Peterson. In the first matchup, Drew Peterson got his and got 15 points, um, you know, at six rebounds. But Boogie Ellis did nothing. Was one of seven in that game at four turnovers, two assists, only at 11 points. That was because of Courtney Ramey. And Courtney Ramey ate up USC in that game. That, that might have been his best offensive game, even though he had 16 points. That was one of his best games of the season. He was the MVP in that win on Ken Palm. Uh, you know, that to me is, is by far the matchup of the game. Kirk Creesa will not be guarding, um, will not be guarding Boogie Ellis. Kirk Creesa is likely going to guard Kobe Johnson or Trey White, um, because even though they're bigger than him, uh, there's enough help defense and those guys really aren't big offensive players. Courtney Ramey will guard Boogie Ellis for the majority of the game. That's by far to me, the matchup of the game. If Courtney Ramey can hold Boogie Ellis to an inefficient night. Even if Boogie scores 20 points, if he does it on five of 15 shooting, it's, you know, who cares? It's if Courtney Ramey can match the effort that he matched in the first game that he had in the first game against USC, it is going to be very difficult um, for the, for the Trojans to win that game. All right. Good to know. Um, so what does Arizona need to do to win? Well, the first thing is defense. You know, USC, like I said, isn't a good offensive team, but ASU wasn't a great offensive team either, and Arizona didn't feel like defending. Um, now, part of that was ASU was, was just on fire, and who knows, that could happen with USC. But, uh, you know, USC, when, when, you, when you're facing a team that isn't very good offensively, you want to make sure it ends that way. You can't give teams like that any offensive momentum. So number one is defend. Number two is rebound. You know, USC is not a very good rebounding team. So you have to go and you have to beat them on the glass. In that first matchup, uh, Arizona had allowed 11 offensive rebounds. You know, the, the rebounding, though, wound up being a blowout. It wound up being 43 to 36, right? And Arizona, because of that, um, was able to win the game. That was a major reason why. Uh, you know, Arizona also can't fall into the three-point trap. In the first meeting, they shot 50% from three. But again, USC is basically saying, look, we're cool with you shooting 43s if that's what it takes. You know, we're not even going to, we'll try to take away your three, but our focus is on taking away the two. So Arizona needs to take care of the ball. Um, you know, it, it needs to defend. It needs to rebound. There's nothing crazy it needs to do. You know, it kind of just needs to play solid, fundamental basketball, and, and it really should be okay. Okay. Well, knowing all of that, what is your prediction? It's going to be one of those nights, Shelby. It's just one of those um, I do think Arizona's going to win this game, but I think it's going to be brutal to the last minute. You know, the spread. Oh, wait, 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 May, the last millisecond. Right. You know, the spread, last time I tracked, was down to like half a point. I don't know if it grew. It opened up at two. Ken Palm has this as a one-point win for Arizona, 52 to 
uh, all indications analytically is this is a close game. You know, it's USC's maybe, I guess you could say, on the bubble. If they win this game, they're in. Arizona's got to get a, a win and, and is fighting for seeding and all that. Tommy Lloyd has yet to lose two games in a row at Arizona. I like Arizona in this game, um, 78 to 76. I think it's going to be one of those games. I just tr- I trust Arizona to bounce back. I think Arizona beats USC. But it's not going to be easy, and if anyone's expecting it to be easy, you probably need to pick a new school because nothing at Arizona is easy. You need to start rooting easy. for another school right. if you want easy because cardiac cats do not play that way. Wow, that was terrible. Anyway, we had a good night. Hopefully everyone's bundling up by a fire or somewhere warm because... It is still snowing at the end of this podcast. And I'm going to teach Jason how to actually do that noise. Why am I? Oh, that's a wildcat. What sound does a Trojan make? It sounds like a dying dog. A Trojan does. Isn't it that that annoying like song that the USC plays? No, we're not doing that. Okay, good. All right. Bear down, everyone. Bear down. Shelby, I do have a major announcement. Okay, what is it? I'm quitting Wildcat Authority. After watching Penn and Teller, I have decided to become a fire breather. All right. Well, you're going to be a sideshow at a carnival. That's okay. I will learn from the best. Goodbye.